You better hurry. I hate to be in a race against an old man. <laughs> let, let me just uh, say just for a moment, uh, I, I think probably what we, uh, Brother Scott, prayed for a while ago is definitely needed. I think what it is is a policeman has shot someone. Uh, but all of that is kind of hush-hush until after the press conference. So don't, uh, I know we're on live stream. I pray they're all in Kenya today watching and nobody here. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, we need to pray for that family in that situation. Wow, what a, what a day. I was thinking as this service was going on, how faithfully someone gets up early in the morning and, turns off the alarm system and opens the buildings and they're so faithful to have the light on and well they used to be faithful to turn the air and heat on but it's all electronically now I was thinking about all those that uh, have been so faithful to come early and make sure the nursery's clean and sanitized and, and they came in the buildings last night sprayed everything we're still disinfecting just like we're in the middle of COVID in all of our buildings and all the people who've been faithful to come and work in our nursery and preschool area and then our children's workers there's many workers over in children's church this morning and those who've taught life groups and man the faithful teachers we have in this church are just astronomical and then I thought about all of the faithful musicians that we have have no idea where you came from but you fit in real good right here amen all that God's blessed us with and these men faithfully taking the offering and you know doing everything for the glory of God then I thought Lord why in the world with all of this great setup would you let somebody like me get up here and preach after all that I want to tell you, our amazing God and amazing grace is unspeakable. It is unspeakable. I praise God for it. Let me also just say uh, the flowers we had last week, it's a flesh flower, flower arrangement in uh, memory. It was in the bulletin, but it was in memory of uh, Nick Yurzov. Uh, and uh, that Sunday morning, Carol, his wife, fell and was at the emergency room. And I think, where you at, Kim? They, they got the flowers, though, didn't they? You got the flowers, amen. But we enjoyed them very much. And then this morning, these flowers are from Paula Reeves, all the way from Oregon. I think they are. Is it a different one? Yeah, I think. Uh, and Paula, of course, one of our faithful church members here, She's been in Oregon and has not found a church, so she's listening. They have a Bible study, and they listen to the service each uh, Sunday morning. So they're uh, on live stream with us, and I appreciate them so much. And then for us today here, Philippians chapter 4. I know you get tired of hearing me say that. This is week 10 of overcoming life's obstacles. We've talked about overcoming worry and fear and anxiety. We've talked about standing fast in the Word of God and standing up. 
And this morning we close out that series as we think about being a never-ending visionary. We can't quit. You say, what is a never-ending visionary? Well, it's an optimist on steroids. That's what it is. The Bible says, beginning in Philippians 4, verse 20, if you'd stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you. Chiefly, they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Father, we just say amen to what you've said. Ask you, Lord Jesus, to let your spirit rule in this place today. Lord, how we want to see the manifest presence of God in our sanctuary this very day. We want this to be a day that we'll not soon forget. A day when you dealt with us and we were obedient to you. And would you have your way in our lives? And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We know from the last 10 weeks that worry is a waste. We also know that anxiety is addictive. If you let yourself go with anxiety, it will continue to grow and you'll be addicted. We also know that fear is a liar. So what do we do? We choose to walk by faith. We choose to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not standing on human opinion. We're not standing on our emotion. We're standing on the Word of God. The Word of God is truth without any error whatsoever. That's why we call it the inerrant Word of God. I'm a visionary, and I think Christians ought to be the most optimistic people in all of the world. We're the ones who've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We've repented of sin. We, We've been saved. We're a child of the king. Now, I'm not going to deny evil. My soul, you got to be a realist too. Evil happens in this world. Evil happens to good people in this world. We don't know all of the, the details. I remember one time I had a charge. I was a, I had a job of, of teaching women how to drive school buses. It was a hoot. Let me just tell you right now. It was a hoot. And uh, the hardest thing you got women to understand was you got to see the big picture. Now, ladies, I'm not being critical, but most women just see what, what's right in front of them. And you have to see the big picture. And as a child of God, we've got to see the big picture. We may be in a battle. You may be in a battle right now. You think the devil is winning. You're wrong. He's already been defeated. We're not running to victory. We're running from victory. We've already got it nailed down. So I'm not going to deny evil. My goodness, we've already heard about a shooting here this morning. Right now, while we're in church right now, it's pouring down rain in Los Angeles, and people are lined up at the Republic Bank out there to have a run on the bank when it opens in the morning. You say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we're going to have to trust God by faith. We're going to have to see the big picture.
We're going to have to lift up our feeble hands and say we're not going to be negative. We're not going to be pessimistic. I'm telling you, the glass is not half empty. The glass is half full, and it's getting ready to bubble over the top. Things look better than they've ever looked before. Our God, our Father, he says, uh, uh, I'm a never-ending visionary because of the magnitude of God. Philippians 4, verse 20, it says, Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. God is our Father. God is the Son. God through the Holy Spirit. He's the creator, the sustainer. He's the ruler, and he's the overruler. He can do things when no one else can do them, and everybody thinks it's impossible. But nothing's impossible with God. He slung stars where darkness was. He created canyons like the Grand Canyon and Carlsbad and Paladura out of dirt. He took man from the dust of the earth and made man. Then he took a rib from that man and he made woman. And then he broke all of history by coming to this earth as a God-man. He was all God, yet he was all man. Invaded human history. There's no problem too big for God this morning. There's no mountain too high. There's no challenge too great. No need, no worry or anxiety. There's no fear too much or devil too big for God to conquer this morning. He is the almighty, majestic ruler of the universe. We praise him because he's our father. I don't know about you, but I want to get in on a family like that. I've seen some families I didn't want to get in on. But I tell you, this looks good. I think I want it. Well, how do you get in on it? You don't join it. You can't join it. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and Jesus said, Nicodemus, the only way you can be in part of the family of God and inherit eternal life is to be born again. You know, some of the very things that, that are so deep-rooted in the Word of God, like being born again, now these modern-day uh, gurus are saying, no, that's not a term you ought to use. Well, that's a term the Word of God uses. You, you've got to be born of the flesh, which you are, but in order to be born again and inherit eternal life, you've got to be born of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of adoption. We get a new nature, a new set of appetites, a new creation. And here's the great part. You don't have to wait till you're 65 to start drawing on it. You can draw on it the moment you're saved. You become part of the kingdom of God. That ought to inspire us this morning to praise and glorify the Lord because he's worth it. We're going to do it forever. You say, preacher, that, that's going to get kind of boring after a while. I can't imagine anything serving the Lord would be boring. Can't, can't do it. I'll tell you this. I'm going to eat forever. Now, it don't mean I'm going to eat 24 hours a day. I could do that, too. The right food's in front of me. Chicken and dumplings. But anyway, <laughs> it just means I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. I'm going to eat for, until the Lord comes. I think we're going to eat in heaven. I, can't, I enjoy eating. I mean, I don't look like it, maybe, but I enjoy eating. 
And I don't think we're going to enjoy heaven any less than we enjoy anything on this earth. So I, th I think we're eating heaven too. But we're going to do it forever. Why are we doing it forever? Because God is forever. The Word of God is forever. Eternal life is forever. Being saved is forever. Being up in glory is forever. Now, the Word doesn't say that we're just to praise Him when we don't have troubles. Not just praise Him when we don't have troubles. We go back through and just look at some of the characters in the Word of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were praising God before they ever went to the furnace, and they praised Him in the furnace. Daniel was praising God before he ever went to the lion's den, and he praised him in the lion's den. Job was praising God when he had everything, cows and oxen and resources, slaves, sons, everything. But he still praised him when he had nothing. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The psalmist praised God when he was on the mountaintop but he praised God when he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, Paul and Silas praised God when they were out of jail, but they praised God when they were in jail too. It's not just praising God when there's no trouble. Let me, let me tell you, uh, we're to praise God in the midst of life. And then he adds that last word on there, amen. That word means so be it. It's a word of confirmation, a word of, of uh, affirmation. He's saying what he says, I'm agreeing with. What the word of God says, I'm agreeing with. Amen. So be it. A lot of folk today are saying, oh me or oh my. You need to get your life in order where you can say amen. God loved you. Amen. God died for you. Amen. God gives an open invitation for you to be saved. Amen. God redeems those who've come to him. Amen. I agree with that. I not only agree and affirm it, I'm part of it too. The second reason, man, the magnification of the Lord, he is magnified. But the second reason that I'm an optimist or a never-ending visionary is because of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's church. We've, been in, we've mentioned the church a lot of times over the last 10 weeks. That's because Paul mentions the church. You may not think so, but I want to tell you something this morning. The church is important. The church is a big deal. It's, it's amazing. You, you see each week uh, the experts, uh, they're, they're, I call them the uh, uh, giving the mumbo jumbo. My grandmother used to call it the uh, gobbledygoo. I don't know what gobbledygoo really means, but there, there are people, you know what a, a professional is, that somebody's got a briefcase 50 miles away from home. And, and they're all talking about these professional gurus here telling us what's going to happen. And they're writing the church off and they're saying, hey, there's, there's nothing that's going to happen to the church. Well, let me tell you, all that's based on the pandemic. See, we, we do that, uh, we take a, a reason. Everything that happens wrong now, it's because of the pandemic. It's either pre-pandemic, it's post-pandemic, or it's mid-pandemic. I don't care whether it's mid, post, pre, or what it is. It's a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. Uh, there'll always be a church 
Jesus said, I will build my church. This church is important. In verse 21 and 22 says, Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. Now the brethren which are with me greet you. And then verse 22 said, All the saints salute you. Saints and brethren are the same word. They mean saved. They come from a word uh, uh, that, that literally means a, the born from above. They receive the spirit of adoption. The saints have. Now it's not just a church role. A lot of people think, well, uh, Methodists and Presbyterians and, and the Baptists and the Assembly of God and the Catholics and all that. No, 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 no. That, that's just more mumbo-jumbo. It comes from the word saint, sanctify, sanctification, and holiness. comes from a root word that means set apart. We've been set apart. We've been called out. We're a called out assembly. That's what the church is today. We're a called out assembly. We've got a special purpose in this world. Now, the other mumbo jumbo you hear is if we're going to reach this world, we've got to get more like this world because we can't reach them if we're not like them. Well, if reaching this world is going bald headed, I can do it. <laughs> but if reaching this world has to have long hair and earrings and everything else, I'm out. You see, I think because we're called out, the Bible says we're different. We're, we're, we're not the same as the world. And someone who's living in darkness needs to know what kind of life there is when you're living in the light. Someone who's living headed for hell needs to know there's a difference in your life when you're living headed for heaven. Someone who's on the road to death needs to know what it's like to live a life where it doesn't matter what happens here because you know your eternity is laid up for you already. It's secure. We're different. I, I, I see nowhere in here, anywhere, where Paul or this church. Now, now remember, they're, they're in bad trouble here. Paul's in jail. He's in a Roman prison. And Nero's going to eventually have his head. He's going to be beheaded. I don't see him anywhere wringing his hands out. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I just don't know what we're going to do. I, I haven't seen anybody, any church in here saying, we're going to have to learn to get along with the government. I mean, come on, folks. We're just one little old church out here, Woodland Hills. And we're going to have to compromise. Y'all are some of the worst people that we've ever seen in our life. You're bigoted, you're racist, you're discriminatory. Why, you believe there's only one way to go to heaven. Well, that's not right. There's many ways. You're going to have to compromise to get along with this government. And I'm telling you, we're not going to do it. We're going to stand on the Word of God. We're going to stand on the Word of God. Now, let me, let me see if I can clear it up. I may make it more muddy, but let me see if I can clear it up. <laughs> There's only two kinds of people in this auditorium. There's saints and there's ain'ts. <laughs> and if you ain't a saint, then you're an ain't. Does that help clear it up? I mean, there's saints. you've been born again. You're a saint. If you've never been born again, you're an ain't. 
There's no, there's no middle road. There's nobody says, oh, well, he was a good person. You know, no, no, no. There's no middle road. You say, preacher, I haven't been acting saintly lately. Well, get, get your life straight. Get, read First John 1, 9 and start acting saintly. I believe that you can be saved and still backslide. If I didn't, some of you, it would take a... Brother Case and I would be here if you could lose your salvation. We'd be here 24 hours a day baptizing you people. Your, your feet would walk out like duck feet. <laughs> Web. But I'm telling you, when he saves you, he seals you until the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is making us conform to the image of God. We old-timers used to say, well, you know, old Brother Hopkins, he was something. Uh, he was kind of rough, you know, and he was kind of ugly and mean, and you know. But over the years, uh, he's mellowed out. Now, he's really a fine guy, I want to tell you right now. But he's mellowed out. No, he ain't mellowed out. God's beat the living daylights out of him, conforming him to the image of Jesus. That's what he's doing. And the older we get, the more we get conformed to the image of Christ. There's nobody that could be a bigger hothead than I was when I was in college and above. I don't know why church would even put up with me. But I've learned to calm down some. Not much, but some. That's where the wisdom comes. So the Holy Spirit is making us conform to the image of God. He's causing our practice to come in line with our position. When you get saved, you're you're positionally justified. You're positionally sanctified. So he's causing our practice to come in line. Now, one day, we're not going to be positionally sanctified or justified. We're going to be totally sanctified, justified, and totally glorified. And we're going to live with him for eternity. He said that we're to greet every saint. The church is made up of true, saved people. That's it. Now you say, what does that mean? That means that there's no spiritual cliques in the church. There's no super saints. There's no simple saints. There's no many saints. There's just the saints. The saints. I don't want to even mention it because we're nowhere near doing that. But you have to be careful sometimes because if you... Some people, the more wisdom they get and knowledge they get, the bigger their head gets. You know, and when it gets up above about a size 12 head, you, you're in big trouble. And they puff up. They kind of begin to think they're more spiritual than everybody else. But the ground is level. The ground is level. There's no super saint. He said, greet all the saints. And then he said that God is no respecter of persons, because he said in verse 22, all the saints greet you. All the saints greet you. Thank God we're not what we used to be. And thank, we're not what we're going to be one day. But we are being conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 7, 9 says, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds, people and tongues, stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. 
Wow, one, one day we're going to stand before the Lord. The whole united church, those who have been saved. Not, you know, listen, Brother Herman always told us the name tags would fall off on the way up or they'd burn off on the way down. That is not important. What is important is what have you done with Jesus Christ? That is the only entrance into heaven. I love football season. Never was a great athlete, but I was an athlete. Uh, but uh, I get amazed. It tickled at some of y'all uh, because what you see happen on, on Saturday, you know, sometimes the best teams don't win. Sometimes they just don't win. And sometimes what happens on Saturday, man, just depresses you and you walk in here and you look like you've been sucking on lemons three days before you got here. You're upset. Your team didn't win. And then we can come in here on a Sunday and, man, the wardrobe on some people even change. I mean, it'll have a team name on the back of your Sunday shirt. And then you got a little pep in your step. I mean, you think everything's going all right. But let me tell you, the best team don't always win. I remember I coached Little League all my life from the time I was in high school on up. I've, I had some great winning teams. I had some teams that didn't win a game all year. Uh, but it, it happens that way. That's the way it happens. When we married, my wife, before we married, my wife talked me into coaching her women's softball team. And we were downtown church in Shreveport, and there were some highfalutin folk up in there. They had some fingernails that was an inch long. They're wonderful at praising the Lord and all, but they ain't much at playing softball. First game we played, we got beat 23 to nothing. And then I, we had this lady saved, and she was of good health. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, good health. And and we didn't win any games, but she knocked a home run every time she got up. It made the game at least exciting. I mean, she was kind of like Babe Ruth. She just point. She never had to run the bases. She trotted them. She cleared them every time she got up. We didn't win any more games. But, you know, you can't do that with just one person. But listen, I want to be on a winning team. I know what it's like to be on a losing team. I want to be on the winning team. Could I tell you that's Team Jesus? There is no other team that's going to win other than Team Jesus. He's the bride of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. He's the bridegroom. And one day, the Bible says that the bridegroom is going to come and get his bride. And we're, he's going to present us to himself as a spotless, glorious bride together. We're going to walk down the aisle with us. And according to Revelation 19, there's going to be a great marriage supper. And the Lord is going to serve us at that supper. It's going to be a glorious time. It's portrayed to us through the parable of the ten virgins in, in uh, Matthew chapter 25. Uh, those ten virgins, all of them had their lamps. All of them had their church baptism certificates. All of them had their church membership cards. They all had that. But suddenly part of them remembered that they didn't have any oil. And so they left to go get the oil. And when they were gone, 
The bridegroom came at the midnight call, and he came. And those who were there, he took in with him. And when he got through, the Bible says he shut the door. It shut. He shut out temptation. He shut out the devil. He shut out the antichrist, the death, the discrimination, the arrogance. Hmm. But he also shut us in. No, can you imagine what this world will be like when we don't have to deal with the devil? You need to learn to hate the devil. I mean, you just ought to despise the devil and despise sin. Could I tell you, parents, that the reason your kids are rebellious is the devil puts them into it? It's sin. I'm telling you, you need to despise addictions. That's caused by Satan and sin. We need to despise him. He's going to shut us in forever. We're on the winning team. Those other virgins, they had their lamps. They had their church cards. They had their baptismal certificates. They just didn't have any oil. No oil. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. You may sit here today. I was raised in old-fashioned churches. We gave attendance awards for everybody that never missed a Sunday. I remember Ms. Reinhardt there. Uh, we gave her. She had them pins running all the way. She'd been over 30 years and never missed a Sunday. Never missed a Sunday. But you know what? If you've got all those pins and you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're lost. You can have your baptism certificate. You can sing in the choir. You can be a deacon. You can be a pastor. You can be a, a life group teacher. I'm telling you, if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God, you don't have salvation. Because it's the Holy Spirit that gives us salvation. Let me give you the third thing. I've got to get out of here. Thank goodness they, they turned the clock off. That's wonderful. <laughs> Amen. That must mean, up oh, there, come on. I love the magnitude of God, the church of God, and the power of God. Power of God. You'd think about people talking today, the Lord's on vacation. Or maybe he's sick. He's not sick. He's not on vacation. It amazes me how Christians in a time of crisis are always the first to be the first in line to get the generators and the potted meat. Now, I've got a generator, but I ain't buying potted meat. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. I just ain't going to do it. Uh, uh, the devil is not all-powerful. The Antichrist is not all-powerful. The deep state, whatever that is, is not all-powerful. The swamp in Washington is not all-powerful. I'm focused on what God is doing right now in his word. And if you're any kind of a biblical student whatsoever, you know that the times are near that Jesus is coming back. I mean, we've, we've known he could come back any time. But I'm telling you, when you look at the times of, that we're living in right now, it could be this moment. It could be before we leave here today. Our God's not on vacation and not sick. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God. Why? Because it's a gospel the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew and then to the Greek. The 
palace in Rome, Nero was there. One of the most wicked men you could ever meet. Killed his own family. Had them murdered. Wicked. He would take Christians and dip them in tar and then set them on fire and use them as street lamps throughout the town. Not a more wicked man anywhere than him. The gospel, when you look at what he says here in Philippians 4.22, he said all the saints salute you. Now I want you to say, y'all may already know this. I just, I'm dumb. He said chiefly, all the saints salute you. Chiefly, they are of Caesar's household. I've never seen that before. They're of Caesar's household. What does that mean? Caesar's household are the people who run the government. They're the secretaries and they're the, the night watchmen and they're the people who are filling out the checks in the treasury. And they're people who are running all the levels of the government. He says that the saints of Caesar's household salute you. And I got to thank him. Good grief. The Holy Ghost has done penetrated Caesar's household. People have been saved all through Caesar's household, and he don't even know it. And I got to thank him. Maybe we ought to quit praying for the president and vice president, and let's start praying for those who just work up in Washington. Maybe we could see each one of them being saved. One by one by one. You say, well, that's impossible. Nothing's impossible with God. I don't know what God's going to do next other than I'm waiting for him to come. In Caesar's household, they're getting saved. Wow. Listen to me, church. Today is not the day to stop. Today is not the day for the church to talk about defeat. Today is not the day for the church to sit down or back up. Today is for the church to step it up a notch and proclaim the old-fashioned gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is not the day also to jump on every fad that comes our way. There's fad after fad after fad. We're not worshiping traditionalism here we're worshiping the God of this book, the Word of God. And I want to tell you, there's some things that the church just ought to be different on. And yet now we've almost compromised on everything. We need the old-fashioned cross. W.A. Criswell, I've told you this before, but those were in the days where men of God wanted to help men of God. Criswell put on a school of prophets for pastors. Every year, it was just dirt cheap, just enough to cover expenses. He was there preaching one day, and of course, Chris will always preach in that white suit. And he was, we were in those years of defending the Bible. People were saying the Bible's not true. The Bible's got errors in it. The Bible's not totally trustworthy. And Chris was there that day, and he's on the stage in that old auditorium, and he says, if you've got a lion over here, and he's in a cage, and he said people are out there mocking that lion, they're saying, that ain't a real lion. That lion can't do anything to you. I wouldn't trust that lion. He said, don't waste your time sitting around trying to explain to people that that lion is real. 
Just open the door of the cage and turn him loose. Listen, as a child of God, if you understand the words, in the beginning God, that's all you need to know. That's it. God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God put all of this together. I heard about that old boy that was a cowboy. And he hadn't ridden a horse in quite a while, and the horse he was getting on hadn't been ridden in quite a while. He saddled him up and everything, and man, he got up there and got in that saddle, and he kicked him a couple of times. The horse didn't do a thing. He kicked him harder and a couple of more times and nothing. He kind of moved that saddle and just really started kicking him. Well, the horse kind of got upset at it too. He started kicking his own self. And he looked over there, and that horse had got his leg hung up in the saddle of that horse. And that old, that old uh, rancher looked at that horse and said, Wait a minute. If you're coming on this saddle, I'm getting off of this saddle. Because there ain't no saddle big enough for a horse and a man both. Listen, there is no, you can't serve two masters. There's no saddle big enough for you to serve two masters. So the ultimate question this morning, who is your Lord? Who's he going to be? Some of you haven't answered that question. Some of you have answered it, but it's wrong. Who's your Lord? Is it fear? Is it worry? I mean, are those the things that control your life? Is it anxiety? Is it a politician? Is it a preacher? A woman? Amusement? Is it a hobby? Is it materialistic things? Is it money? Who is Lord of your life? There's an old cliche, but it's still true, whether it's old or not. If he's not Lord at all, of all, he's not Lord at all. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Where do you fall in that picture? Father, we're grateful today for the chance to be here and worship you. Thank you. We're grateful for how we've been blessed in this service. Now, I ask you, Lord Jesus, would you let your Holy Spirit have the freedom to move in and out of these aisles? The ones that's closest to death, would you touch them right now and have them saved? Lord, maybe some need to join this church. They need to come and just say, I, I've been visiting and I fit here and this is where God told me to be. And today I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to join this church. Maybe some here need to be baptized. They, they've been saved and they know they're saved. They just never followed you in scriptural baptism. And today they'd be willing to say, I'm, I'm willing to follow Jesus. Lord, whatever you want done, if you could just get your way in our lives, we'd be so thankful. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.